Is it just a constant tone? Like, I don't hear it going away. Or is that just the freeway? Maybe that's the freeway? Okay. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. Hello, uh, darling. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. Arguably, it hasn't been long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Another nonplussed. That's Clancy. And that over there is Josh. And we are nonplussed and we're back for another week. And our, our episode this week is going to be prescient. It's going to be, uh, well, I mean, by the time it comes out, it'll be a week old news. But it's funny because the day that we started to record this, the news came out. The news broke that uh, Disney is officially going into production for a sequel to the live action Aladdin, which is the movie we watched for this week. Yes. It's just so funny that the, you know, this was the episode we had planned to do um, weeks before. Right now we're on a bi-weekly format and we can't be like hot off the presses with it, but it's just, <laughs> it's funny to me that uh, the stars aligned thusly. Yeah. So there's not really that much known about it other than the Variety article that we are kind of sourcing here. They just say that it's an early development. They think that they have found the way forward with this uh, with this new movie. Right. And it, it apparently it's not going to pull from either of the um, existing direct to video sequels, Return of Jafar or uh, Prince of Thieves, King of Thieves. King of Thieves, yeah, because that's the one that has Aladdin's hot dad. Yes, that's the one with his his hot dad. And they don't even know <laughs> if Guy Ritchie's going to come back, which I, you know, um, maybe we get some fresh eyes on the on the property. The, there's no, there's basically no other news. Essentially, the, this boils down to it, they're moving forward with production. There's no casting news or anything like that. But what's funny is even the existence of the movie itself isn't news because earlier in this variety piece, and it's the one that the, they had for the exclusive for the announcement. Yeah. It mentions that they've been looking for a way forward for six months, which tracks because roughly six months ago, or at least in December, we also learned that they were doing a spinoff to the live action Aladdin focused on Prince Anders. And there was a bit of, let's say, discourse about this choice because they they were giving a spinoff to the only white character in the film who was added to the film and was not part of the original animated film. Yeah. So it felt, I mean, God love Prince Anders. He's, he just doesn't, I don't know. We can, we'll get into it later, but there's a lot. I mean, he's um, precious. And like, I'm, I'm okay with seeing more of him. Oh yes. But Billy yeah. Magnuson and his gorgeous dimples in a, in a vacuum. Prince Anders isn't delightful, <laughs> but he doesn't exist in a vacuum and no. choices have impact. I, I, it's hard for me to get excited for this. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively, it feels like we are outliers here because both of those articles mentioned the success of this film. And we'll talk a little bit more about it here in a second. But a lot of people paid money to see this movie uh, and some sources say they liked it. Yeah. We, we are not those sources. We, we didn't patronize this movie. We, we, I mean, we patronized it by just subscribing to Disney Plus. Yeah, but we, it's not like we and, saw it in theaters. Yeah. And it feels, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy who's negging on this all all, all the live long day because the hot takes have all been, <laughs> uh, 
you know, this came out last year. All the hot takes have cooled by now. Yeah. And I have, I, I don't know that I have anything necessarily of value to add, um, but I, I, my, I'm challenging myself to look on the bright side and point out the things that I like and celebrate those just as much as the things that I thought could have been improved upon. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I said that very diplomatically, I hope. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about the, the... Let's talk about the movie. So first I'd like to just remind where our sources are from. Mm-hmm. It is all from Wikipedia and IMDb. Yeah, so if anything's wrong, you can just blame them. <laughs> so this is obviously a remake of the original animated Aladdin. It's, excuse you, it's a live action adaptation. Because, yeah, I guess it's not exactly a remake. No, and that that causes some uh, cognitive dissonance for me. Well, I'm going to talk about it once we start jumping into the film, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, so live action remake, it was released on May 24th, 2019. Uh, it was directed by Guy Ritchie, who's done uh, Snatch, Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr., uh, The Man from Uncle, which we own. And yeah. I really love that yes. movie. And The Gentleman, which is out now. I think it's still out. It, yeah. might, it might not by the time this goes up, but it's recent is the point. And I've it been is. wanting to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing is like I there, a lot of these Guy Ritchie movies I really do like. And, yeah. and, you know, and I can see why he would be attracted to the Aladdin property because there's some similarities between you know, Aladdin objectively. And of, yes. Yeah. Thematically. Yes. I, I would agree. Um, yeah. well, and then the, it was co-written by, by John August, uh, who did go and Charlie's angels one and two, the previous, you know, yep. film adaptation. And then yeah, Big not, Fish. not the new one. That's, uh, no, but we'll get back to that with like, there's a chart. <laughs> there's two Charlie's angels connections in this film. There um, is. but yeah, him and guy Ritchie co-wrote it. And it was, of course, based on or adapted from the 1992 animated film, which itself is based on Aladdin and the Magic Lamp from A Thousand and One Nights. And that was like just fiction from. It's folklore. It's okay. uh, it's uh, Middle Eastern folklore. OK, got it. It's actually referenced in Friend Like Me. Shahrazad had those thousand tales. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's and the cool. thousand and first is Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, so Alan Menken did the music for this. Who? Uh, <laughs> Helen Mirren. Ellen Barkin? Uh, yeah, she did the music. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he's he's done a bunch of other Disney films. We've yeah. talked about him at least twice. For sure. I on mean, this show. Obviously, alone. because yeah, yeah, yeah. Mirren. He's he's um, he's a veteran at the House of Mouse. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, like like I said, people people liked it. Uh, variety, the variety article even mentions the 2019 pick was a massive hit, becoming only the fourth live action adaptation to cross the billion dollar global box office milestone. Joining the Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and Alice in Wonderland. So you want to talk about who's in this? Yes. Well, of course, we have Will Smith as the genie and the mariner. Uh, it, it's his first Disney movie, but this is this sort of kicks off the adaptive changes because Robin Williams, of course, in the 1992 one, was yeah. a merchant and the genie. It was still that sort of trope of the narrator is the the character yeah then we have minimasood as um aladdin he was in reprisal and jack ryan and he's just got a cute smile and nice eyebrows <laughs> yeah uh we also have naomi scott who was in the new charlie's angels yes movie. she's our second charlie's angels connection she was the um the whistleblower yeah uh which she was wonderful and i loved that movie i really did too and yeah. then she was also kimberly the pink ranger in the 2017 power rangers which i haven't seen i haven't that seen that either, either. And, and i don't and I, think it's a disney property it's so. not so i don't have any interest yeah. anyways then we had Marwan Kanzari, who was the porter on the uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which is another movie that we've loved. And he was in the um the Universal like dark cinematic universe 2017 Mummy, 
mm-hmm. um, and he was in the Ben Hur remake. But uh, he plays Jafar. Yes. Um, then we have Navid Negaban as the Sultan. He was in Legion and Homeland at twenty four. Charlie Wilson's War. Nassim Pedrad plays um, Dahlia, who's new. She's a new character to the story in yeah. this adaptation. Um, definitely makes, definitely elevates. I think she's the, the entire best thing experience. Of this yeah, she. Um, she's hilarious. She was on SNL for a while. She was on New Girl, Scream Queen. She's on Mulaney's Show. She even played a nurse in ER. Yeah, and then um, we've got Billy Magnuson, who is my new screen boyfriend he's um, been your screen boyfriend since he was rapunzel's <laughs> prince in into the woods like let's be honest but yeah he was in into the woods he was also in game night uh the big short the get short show get shorty um, oh that was the yeah yeah yeah. the tv show? show adaptation of get shorty oh red yeah. okay he was an american crime story as kato kaylin as who it was kato kaylin it was the oj crime story one. Oh, that's right <laughs> and then also on the soap as opera the world turns. as the world turns i love it Anyways, uh, we also have Alan Tiddick, who's playing uh, Iago. He's a Disney bird alum at this point. Pretty much. He's been in eight Disney movies yep. he, up to this point. He was, um, the, he was King Candy. Uh, <laughs> and he was Hey Hey in Moana. Yep. Um, there's a really fun outtake from Moana where he's in the booth doing the voices for Hey Hey. And he leans out of the booth at one point and goes, I went to Juilliard. I went to Julia. <laughs> and then goes back into the room and starts making chicken noise. <laughs> yeah. He was also in the Rogue One Star Wars story as K2SO. Oh, K2SO. Yeah. And then the only person that has or that's in this movie that has been in the original Aladdin movie. That's reprising a role, right? Yeah. His name is Frank Welker. Yes. He um he has been doing he's a voice actor for ages. He, like he's 73 and he's still doing this stuff, but he's the original like Freddy from Scooby-Doo. And he's been doing he's done Fred's voice in almost every Scooby-Doo cartoon, uh, except for in a pup named Scooby-Doo. And then starting in the, like the early 2000s, he started doing Scooby's voice too. Oh, cool. Um, but like he did Megatron and Soundwave in the Transformers franchise. He was Nibbler on Futurama. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, in this movie, he plays Abu, Raja, and the Cave of Wonders. And the Cave of Wonders, which is a lion now and not a tiger. Yeah. I've got problems, Clancy. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. I mean, let's get into it. Let's kick this thing off. Pretty much. Okay. Um, The movie starts and we're on a boat. Yeah. Well, we see a big boat and then the camera pans around to a smaller boat. And then we zoom in on that boat. And like immediately I was, I don't know. I don't know if I just wasn't in the right frame of mind when I sat down. But as I think coming from like having actually kind of enjoyed the Lion King and really enjoying Jungle Book and I considered Beauty and the Beast acceptable. It was adequate. Yeah. I expected a little bit more faith to the original one to one, at least on some things like, cause my first thought was that's not how this movie opens. And I was like, wait, okay. I'm and it's kind, kind of, of an iconic, it. it's an iconic opening, like very much like lion King where yeah. like, that was almost frame for frame, the same as the animated version. Yeah. And they still change things in the lion King, but not on the level where they did here. Truly. And like some of those things that seemed like, I don't know where, the choice doesn't make sense to me as an audience member. Cause I'm not, again, I'm not claiming any sort of expertise. I've never worked in the film industry, but like as an audience member and my own expectations going into the show, 
those are the moments where it seemed like it was a choice. Somebody had a cool idea and they said yes. Yeah. That I bristled the most and went like, oh, oh, no, I don't know that I like this. But whatever. I mean, this sure. is what happened. So. Oh, but do you remember what you said when we sat down to start this? What you said you think your biggest concern was going to be? What was that? We sat down and started watching this movie and you said, I think the biggest problem I'm going to have this with is Will Smith. And it turns out that's not. No, not, not at the all. biggest problem either. Not of us in the least. We're on the boat. Uh, we 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 see Will Smith, who is playing a uh, mariner. Yes, with, he's with a his mariner. Two kids, and then his wife that we do not see her face. Curiously, we hear her speak. We kind of get a little side chin, a little chin shot. Yeah, but we never see her face. No, we don't ever see her face. He's got like these beard jewels going on mm-hmm. that are just there's sort of Johnny Depp vibes kind of coming through with his yeah. look. But yeah, and then he starts uh, the Arabian Nights song. I mean, Arabian Nights still does the same thing where it, it kind of it, it sets up Agrabah and what it's all about. You sure. Know? And it gives us, you know, the context of the plot. We see Jafar going to the always visible ca- lion cave of wonders. Yeah. Like we cut. We don't have the scarab situation. We don't have any of that. So on the upside, we're getting right into the action and we're taking away an extra layer of like magic that. For sure. Could be complicated. But for that removal, they've added so much that's unnecessary. <laughs> yes. um, like making the cave a lion. And I just want to know what the decision was behind that. But yeah, we get a little bit of Aladdin running through the streets and being kind of a, a thiefy thief. And we get Jafar doing his thing. We do hear Will Smith struggling a little bit with the music here. I think that's judgy. I just think it's fair <laughs> enough to say Jeez. he's a recording artist. He's a producer. He, he's, he can rap. You know, he was, he was 90s kind of hip hop. Like, you for know. Sure. The cultural zeitgeist, but what he never was was a singer, classical singer. Like, yeah, yeah, not at all. And so he does fine, mm-hmm. but it, <sighs> it feels like it's missing something. And you know, it's funny because this is the point where I was like, I wonder if Jim Carrey could have sung this. And it's funny because he was considered for the role. Yeah, that's correct. You know, I don't know. I've never heard Jim Carrey sing. I can't. I'm sure he has. I can't remember. Uh, we also are introduced to Jafar at this point, so we we get to see basically all of the most of the main characters that we're going to be yeah uh, dealing with in the movie arabian nights ends everything's set up and then there's that weird thing where like the woman tries those pair of women try to steal from him and that's how the guards end up going after him oh yeah it was just such a uh, a weird didn't need to be there no it, it didn't really didn't need to be there so so like they they steal this glass from him and then they go and like tattletale on him for because they couldn't they succeed stole. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, oh, I failed stealing from you. I'm going to go tell them that it's you're a It's a catty thief. mood. It is. It's, it's really a, it's awful. It's a super catty mood. And it just feels totally unnecessary. It does feel unnecessary. So this is when we're introduced to Jasmine in the streets. So she is uh, sort of disguised. Uh, she she like sees there's these kids that are like at, at like this bread cart. She gives them this like some bread. She's like, oh, you is a kid that you can't reach? Here you go. Yeah, and then proceeds, the kids then run off, and then he's like, are, are you gonna, the merchant was like, are you gonna pay for those? Right, because she didn't. Yeah, and she's like, well, I don't have any money. Come on. You know this is not a socialist society. Yeah. You it, are literally the princess, and you just think you could come out here and hand people the, the other people's bread? No, it, it just doesn't. Uh, you probably taxed this man, and you just swiped bread off of his cart to give to kids. Yeah, it's not great. And then Aladdin shows up to sort of like diffuse the situation a little sure, bit because she's um, pretty. Yeah, 
and barters with her like bracelet um, and then mm-hmm. ends up swapping that out with an apple like as you know like a, a switcheroo bait and switch yeah <laughs> we, and switch. we get another bait and switch get another bait and switch the, the old Disney bait and switch I mean yeah it's a theme throughout this movie so they start running through the streets away from the guards because the the merchant has kind of screwed them over or, or turned them in yeah I mean he's shouting thief thief yeah and then that's when we get into one jump ahead and like in the cartoon they're not actually together for this part. No, they're not. Um, um, so they've kind of smashed the meet cute moment from the cartoon into this one scene with the song, but it, which again works for me and could in theory move things along faster. And mm-hmm. it starts to, but again, later they add so much extra. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's this in is, this. What I'm saying is I liked this decision when they were like, wouldn't this be cool? Yeah. No, I liked it, this one. And it does work. And we, and you know, we, we see Aladdin doing his hardcore parkour through the streets Mm-hmm. He does this stupid wall spin, like where he's got his back to the wall and like does like this like spin. This little thing. butt rub wall spin. I will say it's the first time I noticed that I like actually really did like his costume design. <laughs> yeah. He's got that sleeveless hoodie with the big thick stitching and like the back pocket. Yeah. But it's, also, that. it's also worth noting that like he wears a shirt throughout this entire movie. Oh, right. Because he's topless in the cartoon. hundred percent. Well, topless I mean, he has shoeless. like he has a vest on this one. Not at all. He no. is always wearing a shirt, which is disappointing yes it's one of the wouldn't it be cool if he wore clothes no (laughs) so this is where we get the first trust me line uh where they're like jumping from roof to roof yes instead of do you trust me which is what it was in the cartoon i swear this whole podcast is not going to be me pointing out the things that are different with the cartoon but some of them i uh, why i don't think they work well it's just why why is that a decision you made and again i'm not a film professional i don't know I'm just an, I'm just a member of the audience who is confused by the product you've put before me. So this is kind of the first time that we noticed um, them playing with some weird frame rates in this movie. Um, yeah, during this scene. And it it was so much more jarring because it happened multiple times during the scene. Yeah, they would do things where they would shoot at 18 frames a second. And then speed it up to 24. Right. To give it kind of that really syncopated, like, or they really would fast film look. at 32 frames. 36. 36 and slow it down to 24. And then slow it down. And they made a point of there was uh, some special features at the end where they were talking about why they were doing this technique and that, oh, well, he had to sing faster for the 36 frame and sing slower for the 18. Yes, we can tell. Yeah. And I, and honestly, every time that he was singing, I was like, why are we not cutting closer to his face? We're not getting to see him sing. And it and it feels like this. It had the opposite problem Les Mis did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the song. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Yeah. I was just really kind of taken back that they weren't really cutting into these closer shots of them so you could see them singing. Like it just doesn't like it doesn't feel like it's actually him singing what? while he's running through the streets. Like I just well, kind like of want you said, a medium. It's shot like a music video. Yeah. When the when the ink powders exploded and things slow down, like that's fun visually. Yeah, it is fun visually, but but when I can tell swaths of the because song. I'm trying to look at Aladdin's mouth. Yeah. That he's not actual. A he's not actually singing live. Yeah. B it's it it just it takes me out of it. It takes it me does. out of it. And the, the the percussion as well is like there's I put a note down here. It changes from like instruments of the time or or or, or that authentic were authentic sounding, inst- right yeah to like this canned drum set that i just very andrew lloyd webber yeah i just wasn't a fan of it 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 take it takes me out of the movie for sure and i wasn't i i really wasn't that that impressed 
What I was impressed though with was the carpet fake out. Where he slings down and like drops the carpet but goes into the window. Yeah, so like yeah, he, I like that. He throws it into like uh yeah, it's just it's it's kind of creative and like it 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 actually like makes more sense that they would give up looking for him because obviously he's died falling into right. it. As a maneuver, I liked it. I thought it was clever. The note I have was okay, that's a clever escape though. So moving along from that, we 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 cut to Jafar in the dungeon. Like our first character who is playing a role from a different movie. Yeah. Like this works in a vacuum as <laughs> Jafar, but it doesn't match everything else. No, because it, 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 yeah, it does. It feels like people are acting in a different movie. Him and him and the Sultan are acting the same film for yeah. sure. We do get our first murder though. Jafar, like 300 pushes this guy into a well. Yeah. Straight up murders this guy for basically not being able to satisfy his diamond in the rough needs. Well, I don't know. And, and, well, and he says, you bring me the rough, but never the diamond. And I'm just like, Oh, street tree. <laughs> what? Jafar likes a bit of rough. What's happening. And then the one guy kind of talks back at Jafar, which is kind of like, are you kidding? You know what this guy, this guy is literally murdering people around you. And you're yeah. going to like, you're going to try to step up to Jafar right now. I don't think so. And to, to be so bold as to suggest that maybe he should just be fine with second place. Basically, Jafar's reaction is, I don't think so, and pushes him in a well. The end. Yep. Like, I'm concerned <laughs> for his heart rate. He's so intense. What's funny is, I actually like the choices that uh, Marwan is making here as Jafar. It's very, like, Shakespearean in the approach. He's going, he, like, he's chewing up the scenery. He's doing a lot. But OG Jafar was suave. Yeah, super OG suave Jafar like was, like, sinister. And sure, queer-coded and... And that's problematic, but it's still queer coded. Is that I've never heard that. You've term. never heard that term. No. It's like it's this whole thing in the film industry of LGBTQ characters always had to like be villains or oh, be, yeah, be no, sick slash yep. get murdered because they had they either had to be morally twisted or punished for their immorality. Oh, geez. And so like, yeah, Jafar is kind of queer coded. That's what kind of like Ursula was based on divine. And it works, but like, you know, it was super problematic for a while. For sure. All that aside, I like a silkiness to Jafar. Yeah. And Marwan more had like a spikiness. And I think that they're both valid. I just miss the silky. Yeah. He's not as slithery as. as. And in fact, never actually becomes a snake. And then here's, here's where we start getting set up with, I think, one of the, the things that I was bothered by most in the movie is sort of milk toast steaks. This is a fairy tale. Yeah. The stakes need to be like ridiculously high. Mm -hmm. And he's actually really mad that the country or kingdom that Jasmine's mother is from imprisoned him once. And he just wants to get them back. That's his motivation. Okay. And that like, that's why he wants, that's why he's manipulating the Sultan. Why he ultimately wants to become the Sultan. If he can't get his way. Yeah. Is to get revenge on the, and like, that's great. It's just, mm -hmm. it's not this movie. I didn't get that at all. Did they, did they say it? Did it's super that? quick. Yes, it's super quick. Because uh, he talks about being in, in uh, uh, imprisoned in that kingdom. You're right. At the very beginning. The, I do when he's that. pushing the dude down the well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, maybe it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's that, much lower stakes. It it, it's, in the cartoon, it really doesn't have that same sort of He just of wants to be the, the sultan. Right, and I feel like just go with that. Like, there's, we don't need to add all of this context for no. whatever. But it does make him like this deep, sort of multi layered Shakespearean villain. Like, let's do that with every character in this, mm -hmm. then. Let's not, you know, anyways, because they don't, they don't pay attention to everybody else's that much. They really don't. 
so we then uh, we, we then go back to uh, Jasmine and, and Aladdin in their and his Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> of an entrance situation to his like gazebo he, apartment. He pulls down a rope and like these logs come out from the wall. It's bananas like built into someone else's house. Like somebody else would be like, I wish got a notice. I wish there was a practical application for him being a tinkerer. Like I would, ex- I would accept it if there had been sort of some sort of like aspect of his character that, that reinforced those things and in, in the action, it would have been neat. Other but, than just like painting him as resourceful, I yeah. guess that to me doesn't seem resourceful. That seems like, Oh, he's got a BS in engineering. So they get to know each other a little bit more. And Jasmine immediately starts lying to him. And I think it, this is just an interesting way that um, an extra female character can be useful because now Jasmine has an alibi. Yep. She can say she's a handmaiden because there's a handmaiden in the movie. Like that becomes, yeah, it actually it works out a bit better. And I, and I, I do enjoy that change that they've made. We get another song, which is the riff raff song. I just like that part where she picks up his loot, his mandolin or whatever. Oh yeah. That and she's nice. like, anyway, here's Wonderwall, <laughs> and <laughs> blink, 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 blink. And they yeah. start playing the notes to a song that we don't actually hear. My mother taught me that song. Mine too. But we get this interesting character moment where both of their mothers taught them this song. Yeah, and it was a kind of a nice little like tie-in together. It never yeah. has a payoff because, and we'll, we'll talk about this at the very end, the the payoff for that moment was cut from the film. It was. Abu pretty much has no shame. And also, can uh, talking about Abu real quick, oh my he God. is a terrifying monkey. I didn't realize that we, especially after The Lion King and after Jungle Book, that we could get a monkey that actually sits in the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, they've done this three times before. And like, this is ILM. That's the same. Yeah. The same effects company. It, it was, was a choice. This. It's yeah. a choice to make it, him a little cartoony. And it was just unsettling. Really expressive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Plain and simple. I don't like it. So Abu basically steals more jewelry from Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine, uh, there's like a, some horns off in the distance, and then there's a big ships that are coming into the harbor. Yes. And on that ship is Prince Anders. Yes. Uh, again, to refer back to the cartoon, this is sort of like where the moment cuts in the cartoon, and it's a it's a prince showing up, but it was like a Prince Ahmed or something. So yeah. already this is problematic because they've changed a character who admittedly was not a major character. He, he basically served to get bitten by Raja, um, but they've turned him into a white guy who, again, in a vacuum, this character is delightful. Oh, I love him. That. I just he's uh, he's problematic. He is. We also see Raja, who's introduced in this, which is oh, I the, don't hate. No, wonderfully done. Abu against Raja, like Raja, 100 percent. Raja still manages to have some personality without mm-hmm. looking disturbingly cartoony but i mean even to that end they here's the thing i think they they decided to what level their animals had to be realistic because iago is not at all cartoony no and and until i mean until the end um looks like a like a a red parrot like looks good yeah but if they were going to get cartoony with anyone they could have done it with that one because that's that animal actually talked in the movie Prince Anders tries to like showed up. It's very into the woods. He's in the wrong story, <laughs> but gay as hell. And I'm just <laughs> on board for that portion. Of it. Clancy, not everyone with dimples is gay. Well, they should be. It's- I wouldn't slap him for winking at me. How about that? Just his whole demeanor is just, I mean, it's one of those things where like this was, it, I felt it was a good comic moment for me. Like I felt like this was funny and I laughed. I mean, my favorite part, this might actually be my favorite part of the movie is 
Eh, puss, puss. <laughs> puss, puss. Eh, oh, puss, puss. Oh, a cat with stripes. With stripes? He's got so many rings. Did you notice all of the bling? Oh, does he? Like, there's maybe one or two fingers that have no rings. Hold on, I'm looking at a picture. You do it. He's so blingy. Oh, yeah, all those rings. Look at those rings. <laughs> that is so many rings. It's so Every finger. And big and chunky. Yeah. See, this was like queer-coded villains. Anyway, um, and he's not even really a villain. Moving on. Yeah, so we then cut to basically Jafar and um, the Sultan in their quarters going on about... This marriage, it's this political. Marriage. Yeah, like, traditions of misogyny. It really is, but it gives Jasmine the opportunity to grow and to have some agency in it because she comes in and she says, you know, politically, I think this is what we need to do. I don't think we should be attacking my mother's city. First of all, there yeah. are allies. And so it gives her a little bit more um, to do more to work with than just like, I, I want to have a say in who I marry. Like it's more than that. Yeah, no, she's got like bigger goals and, and I'm on board with that. And then, you know, Jafar also was just like, Oh, I'm sorry. Have you been reading books again? This, this scene is from a different film mm -hmm. and I want to see the rest of that film. I almost feel like this scene is from an adaptation of Aladdin that is more akin to the upcoming adaptation of Mulan. Right. Cause I don't think there's going to be any music in that. I think it's going to be a... Is Mushu even going to be in that? I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, this is like, there's, there's things that have changed a bit, but I, it's, it's like hyper-realistic. And I, I feel like that Aladdin movie would have been just as interesting. And here is a scene from it. And while it's still like, uh, it, it's misogynistic, she's got some agency in it. For sure. Like she's, instead of being subject to misogyny, she is uh, sort of like trying to break through the patriarchy. And that ends up being her character arc, which I love. And then I feel like that moment of strength and like taking her, you at least trying to use her voice is kind of taken away when we get into the song. So this is a new song for the film. It's called Speechless. It's not a bad song. No. It's, it just doesn't have the same feeling as the rest of the songs. Like it doesn't feel like it fits in the Aladdin milieu. No, it doesn't. Even it's reprise later it feels like it's shoehorned yeah. in and i mean i i get why why they put it in like it, it makes sense but i don't know i, I just it really didn't feel like an aladdin's it was a and it was a ballad and i would have loved for it to for her for it to have been her i wish song or her i want song i would love for that for it to have been fleshed out in a way that there were dual narratives of achieving goals sure yeah yes okay so this is one of those so passing paul did la la land okay they did dear evan hansen oh they did um greatest showman i can see that yeah it's got a poppiness to it that i wasn't really on board with i don't know that i mind the poppiness i feel like it wanted to be brassier mm -hmm. I, and it wasn't no it sounds like an ariana grande song again which is fine it to me it didn't fit but I love Jasmine having a song. For sure. So I'm conflicted. And a song that is empowering to her. Like, I am totally for that. And, and you're I not. I just didn't yes. like the way it was made. Handled. <laughs> Woof. It, you know what? It was written like it was um, meant to be played hourly on Radio Disney. So this is the part where Aladdin breaks in, right? Yeah. She finishes the song and he's still got her bracelet. Aladdin wants to make good on his promise. And he's trying to get back into the palace to return the bracelet. Iago sees him and doing Abu. hardcore parkour again. And he does the hardcore parkour again. But this time in 3D, he's not a real person and, running through this. Right. And Iago flies and he's like, Thief in the Palace. Thief in the Palace would be a really good title for a slash fic about this moment where Jafar captures him and 
Things get steamy. Thief in the palace. Thief in the palace. Who's uh, a dirty monkey? Like it, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> he so Aladdin is navigating the palace. Essentially like the Zelda level from uh um uh Breath of the Wild. Well, no, well, Ocarina of Time. When he's going into the castle for the first time, and it's like he you have to like time his movements around the corners as the guards are like walking. Oh, around. see, I thought you meant the one in Breath of the Wild where you're going to into that clan hideout and you have to sneak around and throw the bananas around and stuff. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of a trope within the Zelda game, right? So that you have like this the sneaky sneak, the sneaky sneak. You've got to like time it with the guards right. or whoever or the boulders or whatever. And I liked it. This yeah. again is another is another situation where where like the neat idea works. Yep. And then Iago, Iago is like, who's a clever boy as he's doing this, who then goes to uh, Jafar and says, I think I found your diamond in the rough. Right. Yes. So, but we get a lot more of um, Dahlia in this scene as we're cutting to seeing what like Jasmine is doing before and while Aladdin is there. And she's again, she's delightful. I feel like she's a a, a character from another movie. I, I love everything that she adds to the film and I just need everybody to get on her level. There's also that line where Jasmine, who is pretending to be Dahlia, sends the fake Jasmine princess away. Yes. And the fake Jasmine's like, I need to go clean my cat. And we looked at each other and we were like, is that a euphemism? (laughs) Yeah, he brings the bracelet back and it's this touching moment where we get a little bit more actual development into their relationship. Again, I like this sort of expansion into her character, their characters. This, you know, I had a problem with the frogs dating for three days in the swamp. <laughs> At least there's a little bit more effort. You can see the relationship being built. Sure. The arc is there. Yes. So Jafar captures Aladdin or kind of takes him hostage, I guess. And then they set off to the cave of wonders. Yeah. So he kidnaps him and throws him on a camel and they have this like weird heart to heart. And so what this is doing is taking the place of when Aladdin gets thrown in the prison and Jafar Correct. is disguised as the old man. and you know, is telling him that there's this cave full of treasure. He's just got to go find it. Yeah. And I think this works better in this movie a little bit. Absolutely. And it grounds Jafar, at least his, his tactics, if not his uh, strategy uh, in a really interesting way and sets up like the, his whole, I was a dirty little thief or whatever gets a payoff towards the end of the film, but it's kind of, it falls flat. It also explains a little bit more about his magic abilities right now. He yes. he only has the ability to influence others with his staff, it seems like. Yeah, right. But also, if we're looking at this as an extension of his, like, you know, I spent time in that prison or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was actually a thief, then again, I ask, why are you so bitter that you got caught and now you want to punish the entire city where you got yeah. caught stealing? Yeah, his motivations are a little funky. It's a deep well. It's yeah. a deep well for hot Jafar and we're going to spend the rest of this podcast trying to climb out of it <laughs> real quick. I don't necessarily believe the hot Jafar now hit the actor himself. The, okay. Yes. yes. The but actor Jafar himself. in this movie, uh, there's some, there's some shots of like his teeth that are just not great. No. Like, and like really intense kind of like I've had too much Sudafed because I ran out of meth face. <laughs> Like where his eyes are really buggy and he's just like, oh, oh, is that, am I not who I say I am? Like he's rubbing his, his teeth. Like, like he's just, (laughs) he's trying to rub all the cocaine right into his gums. Oh my gosh. But, um, so Jafar, you know, he, he does a little sleight of hand and he's essentially telling Aladdin, you know, you're, you're thinking too small. 
Um, and he, he's got that line that sort of Chekhov's gun of a line. You're either the most powerful man in the room or you're nothing. Mm-hmm. And apparently the cave is nearby, but they don't get there until the dead of night. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. Time here is weird. And this is also <laughs> when Aladdin was supposed to have gone back and met with Jasmine. Like mm-hmm. they, they, before he left earlier, he took part of her hair clip and he's like, meet me tomorrow. You know, yeah. and they were going to have another date. And this is important for later, but like, it's that night right. when he goes into the cave of wonders that a doesn't need a magic scarab to find that B is just always here. And yet is something of a mystery. C is a lion instead of a tiger. More people need to have known about this. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things is like, why as an audience member, my question is not, again, I'm trying not to be too cynical, but still it, it, I, <laughs> It didn't work for me. We were nonplussed, y'all. This is we were nonplussed. This is one this of those is, moments. This, is, where this the, is what our show is all about. It's like when they say the title of the show in the in the dialogue. That's your experience. Oh, that's, that's, that's the name of the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They said the name. They said it a lot in this one. They did <laughs> over and over, like Just repeatedly. Jeez, like we get it. This is Aladdin. It's Aladdin. God. <laughs> uh, so he enters the cave of wonders with uh, Abu. Um, it's very, the sequence pretty much follows the original. Um, it does, except for in like production design. Because if you remember the cartoon, like everything's gold and flashy and it's actually yeah. difficult to not touch things. And in this, it's just like haphazardly placed treasure. Abu like swats Aladdin away at one point from it. Aladdin swats Abu away. And they're still like stepping on stuff. Yeah. And, and nudging and stuff around. things, which, it, how does this work? Is it like when you pick it up with the intention that you're going to take it? I feel like, yes, that's, that's the trigger. So either the dialogue is wrong or it's just poorly explained. Okay. But yeah, no negative thing happens until Abu tries to, to like take the Ruby. Right. That Aladdin knocked down. So Aladdin gets the top. He grabs the lamp. Yeah. Abu grabs a Ruby. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, then we hear to Frank Welker. You dirty rat. You touch my treasure. Yeah. We also magic carpet is in there as well. And he's saved. And oh brought yeah. Out. We, Glossed right over that at yeah. the beginning. Um, it's a little bit different because they don't rescue him in the cartoon. He just kind of like shows up. But yeah, they've they've made the friend that is the magic carpet. And thank goodness they did. Because he's the carpet saves them from the imploding. Cave. Absolutely. Just like it did in the cartoon and in the Seg- as Sega Genesis video game and in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sequence. I re- actually, uh, it, you know, to follow my pledge to talk about the things that I enjoyed about this movie. I enjoyed this sequence. Yeah. So they're trapped in the cave. Jafar basically does like this whole. Yeah. He gets to the front of the cave with the lamp. Whoopsie doodle. He's hanging on with one hand. He needs the other hand to get up. Jafar wants the lamp. And like, these are high stakes, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not being played like high stakes. No, not at all. This feels like, Oh, here, let's, let's act it out. You be Aladdin and I'll be Jafar. Give me your hand. Give me the lamp. Give me your hand. Give me the lamp. Okay. Here's the lamp. How about my foot? monkey like it's- yeah it's it's basically how it goes down like it's that same pace even and, and then he gets out of the cave he doesn't have the lamp and that's when he emotes right <laughs> god damn it he didn't get the lamp ah! uh, the stakes just weren't there yeah this I- was a choice it makes me sad that's what it really honestly i'm just i'm I'm trying not to be critical, but I'm sad about it because I wanted it to be a lot, a lot. Kind I wanted of. to enjoy it more than I did. How about that? I feel yeah. like that's fair. And and I didn't go into this movie also thinking that like, I'm not going to enjoy this. Like right. I, I'm get, I gave it its fair shot. 
Yeah, same. So, I, I really wanted to enjoy it more and I didn't. And that's totally on me. So he's trapped in the cave. You know, the carpet essentially indicates that, that this is the way we can get out is through the genie and rub, rub, rub. And there is Will Smith, the genie. Who is not as flabby in, as he is in the cartoon. He is ripped. <laughs> he is ripped. And again, this is kind of one of those things where like the effects just kind of don't really work for me. Like the eye lines with the genie never match up. No. And, and it, 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 there's still that uncanny Valley with his face a bit. And again, I don't know anything about how any of that works. And the visual artists who worked on this film probably worked really damn hard. They did. And it, it's, not, I it's can't not a do. bad looking movie by any means. No, there just, wasn't any like points where it's like, Oh, that's uh, green screen or this is prepare. You know? Uh, yeah. Except during whole new world. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, I might've liked it on stage better. Oh, Oh yeah. We get into friend like me and I just, the whole time I'm watching this, I feel like the effects don't match the energy level. Nope. Like the visuals are trying to do, are trying to do all of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Even like, even when they do like two story jump splits, like because of how they, how they did the frame rates, maybe I was just like, this feels low energy. It does. And it, it, I think it comes down to pacing a little bit with the way it was edited. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely wasn't as as frenetic also grandiose as the animation was like yeah. the animation was like really over the top and showy and this it didn't have the same feel i liked like, it was like sort of almost busby berkeley-esque it felt a little moulin rougey yeah like i like the direction they were going i just feel like the performances didn't match it, it that the energy just wasn't there no if you're going to cast a spell to control that monkey, at least part of the magic should make the monkey look like he's having fun and not like he's terrified to suddenly be drumming. Yeah. Cause <sighs> I felt bad for Abu. only time I felt bad for Abu in the movie, but yes, at that point song ends genie, uh, is like, well, what's your first wish going to be Aladdin being the swindler that he is. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't understand how, th how this works. If the genie only has three wishes, then like he should only be able to do those three things. Well, but it's, uh, I mean the cart again, the cartoon version of it is that Aladdin sort of bet bets him or dares him, uh, right. but never says I wish. I feel like that would have been better. Aladdin said, I wish. So it should have been a wish. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd because, uh, in, in that sort of like fantasy trope, like the magic is specific, mm -hmm. but also the reason it didn't work is because the magic is specific. I don't know. It's another one of the situations. Why? Why make that change? Right. It it didn't it didn't need to be made. No. Uh, so they get out of the cave. Um, Aladdin then formally makes his first wish, which is to become uh, a prince. Mm -hmm. In the background, the carpet is making a Disneyland, the Disneyland the Cinderella castle, castle the Cinderella yeah. castle, with the little like Tinkerbell, the Tinkerbell, yeah. Yeah, and that, I thought that was really funny in the background and that, really cute. I like that as an Easter egg because yeah. the original cartoon had a lot of fun Easter eggs like that, and this is severely lacking in them, and it's the it only is. time that they really tried to do it. I mean, and we've watched the movie twice. We were looking for these things. We were. so in, But uh, I appreciated this one. Yeah. Honestly, I felt like the carpet was the closest one-to-one -one adaptation. Yeah, for sure. I felt like that carpet was played by the same carpet, and we get into the he, he wishes to be a prince. Yeah. And then Genie starts to summon the undead. I mean, all of the people who will appear in this parade. I don't, where do they come all from? Of, well, it's from under the sand. It looked like tremors, like the way yep. that they were suddenly <laughs> the epicenter of ghostly beings coming up from the sand. Uh, and do they actually exist? Doesn't he say that? Does Aladdin say something to that effect? Are these people real? <laughs> and then he says, don't worry about it. Like, right. And uh, then, you know, the trumpets start and we start Prince Ali with the worst hat in the movie. Like oh. the gigantic turban. 
I am kind of disappointed that he didn't wear that throughout the movie because I am on board for that hat. Are you kidding? It was the <laughs> absolute was worst. Thing. And then it exploded into a shower of confetti. It did. <laughs> but yeah, so we get Prince Ali. He's on the back of an elephant or being pulled He's being, by an elephant on a giant gold camel. It's relatively faithful, but I miss like the parade reporters. Don't they look lovely, June? And the yeah. fabulous Harry. I love the feathers. I and. They still do the drag queen thing. Like they make him a woman. Right. But then they don't do any of that other like bopping around. I'm convincing the crowd to like him. Oh, they totally didn't do that. That would have been so much more fun. They did the drag, uh, the drag part because haha, I mean, a dress, but not the other part. Yeah. And, and that's, it, it's just, it's kind of disappointing. And I get, they didn't want to like do Robin Williams's performance, but like, I, I feel like that was integral to that part. It's not even that it's integral. It's do it or don't. Yeah. 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 No, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Just don't do it at all. Do something completely different. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to change it. And then we, they get to the palace gates and he's, they're all holding that note waiting for the Sultan to approve. And I think it takes so long because the, the Sultan just smoked a, a big ass bowl because yeah. he looks stoned AF. AF and he's just like looking at everybody <laughs> like, well, who's going to tell him to go? Are you going to tell him to go? Oh, I have to tell him to go. How do I tell him to go? As like 200 people are going. And then he like. He's like, oh, goes tap. down and then everybody <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So they're in the palace. He walks in similar to how Prince Anders came in. They've got a bunch of gifts. This awkward scene. It is so awkward and completely unnecessary or just didn't need to be that Tighten long. Up. I mean, if they wanted to do it, it just needed to be tightened up. Yeah. It just needed to be the one joke and, and not the jam jokes. Also, the Ruby jokes. Also, I'm going to buy you with all of this gold yeah. princess jokes. And then it, it, it just, uh, it just wasn't great. We do get to see the chemistry between the genie and oh. Dahlia and Dahlia is horny for the genie. Likewise, genie horny for Dahlia. Yeah. yeah. And I get the point. What they're trying to say is, uh, none of this makes you this thing, right? No. Like appearances. Ooh, Lord. Appearances are part of it. Yada, yada, yada. And even to that point to where it's like, I, if I were in the theater, I would have exclaimed, shut up Aladdin. <laughs> and, it, it, and it, and I, if it was at a draft house, I probably would have been kicked out. But like, I was, uh, it was yeah, just he, so frustrating and gross. And I just, uh, I we didn't got like the it. point real quick and they kept trying to hammer it in. And I get that maybe that's like, even to the point to where actors in the background, there were like these these uh these the ladies that were standing the peacock ladies behind her or behind her i mean whatever uh, behind aladdin um they were visibly cringing and like it felt real that they were cringing at this yeah and like probably because they had uh, those damn feathers on and it was really heavy and they were ready to end this they scene that they've already been it. filming for three hours oh my god you know what i mean yeah Ugh. That's the, that's the thing is there were, I feel like the constant question, the constant line they were straddling and, and frequently fell on the wrong side of was mm -hmm. realistic or cartoony. Yeah. And they just, they didn't pick a side. They needed to pick that. They needed to either, it either needed to be one or the other. And that's, and they decided to pick in the middle. And I, and I felt that that was, that didn't, that didn't help the story. It, it's clearly a Guy Ritchie family film. And I don't know if this is the one that should have been his first family film. For sure. So we get to this party. They've met Aladdin's goof to goof. 
mm-hmm. um, but there's going to be a party in the evening and like Aladdin almost gets hypnotized and we get like Koki Jafar like, oh, eh, right. I recognize you. I think I know who you are. You got any of them magic lamps? <laughs> but he doesn't though. Like Genie saves him. Genie steps in and saves him. Yeah. And then, yes, pushes him over to go flirt with Jasmine. Well, he scoots into conversation while Jasmine and Dahlia are talking. Right. Like force pushes him across the room. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the the dancing that came up in this. I think that this is the strongest use of the frame rate that they had in the film. And it was enjoyable to watch. I think that's because it was produced with folks like us in mind, which is to say white people who are going to come see this movie because my friend Proma who I know through Mischief Management she writes for Mashable she actually did a piece about this when it came out Mm. and she said Aladdin is tricky to negotiate from a representational standpoint because it was never based on one specific culture the animated film was an amalgam of Middle Eastern and South Asian visual inspirations and the live action takes this at face value doing the same and adding literally nothing to it the piece references Bollywood dance numbers a few times not because of any confusion about where Aladdin takes place but because India has a booming film industry that thrives on movie musicals that Disney would have done well to study. Fair enough. That's cool. And like promo's a Bollywood dancer. Yeah. In addition to an amazing writer on Mashable, she accurately predicted the um uh Parasite win, by the way. Oh, really? And Mashable's like video predictions for the Oscars. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> promo's a delight. I still did enjoy it. I, I thought did too. I thought it was I thought it was a fun dancing quiz and like again, music video y, but it worked. Like it, it worked. Felt like it worked well. Because A, nobody's also trying to sing at the same time. Correct. Like and it, and it was, yeah. But again, I feel like I would be remiss in my white guilt. If I didn't point out that an expert on Bollywood dancing said, no, this is, this is not, this is not it kid. I just really want to talk about, uh, Dahlia just being way too horny for that genie. I mean, but again, (laughs) like if everybody else was on her level, yeah, this movie would have, made me laugh more i feel oh, like for sure for sure because i'm totally on board for dolly and the genie right i do love another thing i loved about this scene is we get the like the classic jasmine costume and hair oh yeah but like the live action interpretation of it it's mm-hmm. even got like the bubble like the the weird bubble braid thing that's going on i don't know what that's yeah. called i didn't mean to call it weird it's just i don't have ladies hair and i bubble don't know braid. how to bubble braid bubble bubble bubble, 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 bubble braid, braid. yeah <laughs> um uh so so genie um starts is feeling a little thirsty himself oh 100 again let's get the rest of the movie to that level. <laughs> Aladdin doesn't know how to dance. The genie no. kind of puppeteers him. Yes. Which is where I guess this is a thing. He can control people. Yeah. And it's just, again, like he tells Aladdin to relax and maybe that's, maybe it's supposed to look like he's at this point being puppeteered. Yeah. And it gets better at the end. Oh yeah. Because he gets into it. I think yeah. like there's a, there's a part where he lets go and I was like, okay, I'm into this now. And then ends with the backflip and Jasmine dips out. Yeah. I feel like at this point they're on a CW show. Yeah, for sure. Like Aladdin Jasmine specifically. <laughs> so they end up back in her room uh, after because Jasmine basically dips out yeah. at the end of it after he does a backflip. Uh, Aladdin um, sends Genie ahead to get the handmaiden out so he can have some nice one on one time with with Jasmine. The genie distracts Dahlia by showing up and knocking on the door. There's this great kind of like rom-com. Yeah. Bit, open the door, shut the door. Again, I feel like it needed to be a little bit tighter. A little bit tighter, but I liked it. It was funny. It was cute. It, it was it was cute. Let's yeah. get the rest of this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so they go off and she's going to show uh, show the genie her sheep cheese. Well, she asks if he, she's like, oh. I've never done this. How do we do this? Do you like sheep cheese? Like, again, <laughs> I love Dahlia as a character. And they get cute little flirty door moments. They do. And it's super cute. And again, a different movie that I want to see, but 
but I didn't get. And also edited together a little bit better because yeah. again, it was like molasses. Again, pacing wise in this movie, it just for whatever reason, it just they they should tighten it up. It didn't make any sense for it right. to be this slow. It was twenty minutes too long because editing was was a bit uh, all over the place. But Dolly and Jeannie leave, and she's like, "I've never done this before. Do you like goat cheese? No, it's sheep cheese. Sheep cheese, <laughs> <laughs> which is even better." And then Aladdin creeps in, creeps in through Jasmine's window. Jasmine's like, "How the hell did you get up here?" Also, where's your country on a map? Hundred percent. And it's not like she's like, "I've been studying these maps for hours," and it looks it honestly. I think there are places from the theme park that are listed there, but it also looks like a theme park map. It doesn't look like right. Um, like a map maker created this map. It looks like here's fantasy land. And this is where the bathrooms are. And the one smoking <laughs> section over here by pirates of the Caribbean. As he's kind of like summoning the genie to do some magic that the genie kind of does from a distance. It's weird. Right. Yeah. I didn't understand. I didn't realize that they had a, a telepathic connection to, to each other. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Weird. Whatever. At this point, we get to him with another trust me line. Well, and I feel like the movie would have been really different if they'd have paid attention to Raj's reaction. Because you trust animals. Raja realizes yeah. it's the same guy. Trust animals. Trust the kitty knows. The kitty knows. Trust the kitty. So they're going to take off in on the magic carpet. And sing the song. And sing the song, which I honestly underwhelmed. Again, it was like a music video. Yeah, I get the choice not to go to far flung places like the Sphinx or to Paris or whatever. Like that makes sense. It doesn't look realistic despite their best efforts, despite the technology with the carpet. Yep. They're actually clinging onto the carpet. They've got a little bit of air, but they need a little bit more because like, again, they, they, they're, they can't decide which side of that cartoony versus serious line. They, right. they walk. Yeah. They don't go super, super far. There is, I, there was a trivia portion in about uh, the Lion King. Yeah. Pride Rock being like underneath at one oh, point. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of another fun Easter egg, but. Hard to see because everything's so dark because it's yeah. like day for night and also weird lighting. But yes, to your point, like uh, a more realistic version of the song would have been. I can show <laughs> but yeah, it just uh, a lot of this fell flat for me. So the song ends and they're kind of like watching the street party that's happening for some reason. And she's got her his coat around her shoulders, you know, like they're ending a date. She sort of like reveals that she knows who he is. And he continues this gaslighting thing where he's like, no, no, I'm not. Uh, I mean, the explanation is just like you. I'm actually a prince and I was in disguise as a commoner. And and it's sort of hammering home. I mean, of course, the message and even in the original, it was, you know, be yourself. I wonder if that would have changed anything. Like if they would have at that point said like, if you're yeah. going to make changes in the movie, be like, have him come clean at that point. Cause there's still how interesting would that have been? Because then they've got to wrestle with still being able to have a relationship. Right. Because of the class divide. Right. I feel like that would have been more realistic. Yeah. Than trying Ooh, to keep up this ruse. I would have liked to have seen that movie. Yeah. And it would have been the more serious one where those really heavy scenes sit <laughs> for sure. <laughs> But then, so like both of their dates end and we get this like rom-com trope. It's very When Harry Met Sally with Dahlia and Jasmine and Jeannie and Aladdin talking about their dates and like what they want and what the mm -hmm. future is. And well, are you sure he's not just easy to believe because you can marry a prince, but you can't marry a street rat and all yeah. of this very insightful BFF stuff that belongs in the rom-com version of this movie. And then Aladdin leaves his room for some reason and immediately gets captured by Jafar again who has, who is, you know, again, manic panic Jafar. And that's an uh, adjective, not any reference to hair color he might have. 
that he bought at Spencer's or Sally's Beauty Supply. Um, he's just super, super on edge. And yeah. you made the point that it's just like he's, he's, he's it's like a witch trial. Yeah, it's the Salem witch trial, basically. Like he's put him on a chair on the side of a tower and has said, well, I'm going to push you off this tower. And, you know, if you die, well, then you are probably the prince. And well, sorry about it. But, you know, if you survive, then that means that you have the lamp. But yeah, so he kicks him off that roof and we get that fun slow motion Guy Ritchie spin of his hair flailing about. And at the same time, we learn that the carpet can understand a boo. Yep. And they take off with the lamp to get to Aladdin, who is now underwater and right. dying. Abu drops the lamp into the water. I, I mean, again, it kind of happens in the cartoon. Yes, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a a, a gentle rub, and then the <laughs> the genie comes out, and it's the same sort of thing where like these he's bending the rules a little bit to get this wish complete so that yeah. Aladdin can live. They, they backdate a contract. Yeah, busts out of the water. At this point, Jafar is already scheming. Like I, I guess he didn't like wait around to check if he had died or not. Yeah, I don't know. But he's already trying to convince the Sultan to, to follow through with his invasion and he's blaming Prince Ali for it. Yeah. Saying he ran off in the night. So Aladdin has gone off to Jasmine and has uh, basically said, hey, Jafar's a bad dude. He's trying to do this and whatever. Like he tried to murder me. Right. And then we, as Jafar is telling the Sultan his lie, Jasmine then brings Aladdin in and she's like, Prince Ali is right here. And that's when he gets Aladdin comes in to say, I'm sorry, you're Sultan, but, uh, you know, Jafar is not who he says he is. And he gets the, he's like, I'm not who I say I am. Ah! Like he's kind of, yeah. Gets real, real weird. Right. And then of course, Jafar starts to hypnotize the Sultan right there in front of them. And Aladdin, I get in the more serious version of this movie. It's just like, staff, staff. and then jumps for Jafar's staff and does the slow motion smash. Yeah. And then Jafar loses his magic at, at this point. So he gets thrown in uh, essentially a white collar prison because there's no guards. Yeah, there's no guards and uh, uh, Iago immediately shows up with a key. Right. Like, like they round the corner, like the guards round the corner and the bird shows up with the key. But Okay, cool. Meanwhile, like, the Sultan is like the heavy. The stakes are so low. The stakes are so low. And the Sultan is then like heavy heartedly, like thanking Aladdin for Prince Ali for all of his work. And you're, you're, you're a beautiful man and you're very trustworthy. And I'd love for you to be my daughter's wife or my daughter's husband. And it's written kind of sitcom-y, like, you know, he's cringing and collar pulling through it. Yeah. But it's so slow and so plotting, like P-L-O-D-D-I-N-G, just like burp, 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 the whole scene. Yeah. And then, so how is it that Aladdin gets into the street? Well, him and Genie have that kind of, they, they have a bit of a falling out because he says, that, you know, the only, clearly the only way that I can marry Jasmine is if I stay a prince. And the only way I can stay a prince is if I keep you, which means I can't set you free. So they have this fight and Aladdin gets frustrated and just goes on a walk. Yeah. With Abu and the lamp. For whatever reason. Which, I mean. Right. Ugh. Because of the plot. Uh, so Jafar sees this happening. He, like, sort of disguises himself in, in a burlap sack <laughs> and, uh, and lifts the lamp from Aladdin. And now Jafar controls the genie. Of all the things that he could have done. He gets everybody to come into the palace. Right. Which is weird in and of itself because like that's the whole royal court and the guards and whatever. And they're entering from essentially the visitor doors as opposed to the doors connected to the rest of the palace. Right. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like he's already sitting there still in his same outfit. Like he hasn't. Hasn't made the to, wish. Right. Because he wants to do it in front of everybody. He has not wished for a wardrobe change yet. <laughs> which I, I, which is all it all ends up it being. Happens. Like he, he makes the wish. He's like, I wish to be the Sultan. And then wardrobe change not necessarily 
changing him into no. the Sultan. Because- Raja gets sassy about it, but there's no like otherwise noticeable transfer of power. And I guess that's just swept under the rug of quote unquote genie magic. Like everybody just accepts that he's the Sultan now. Right. And so as the Sultan, he then starts to order the guards and Hakeem, which is the, 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 uh, the lead guard, uh, lead, lead guard and sends Jasmine away because she's, because she's talking, um, and, and saying things, right. And not being quiet. No. Um, you know, and so she has her speechless reprise, which again is a great uh, music video. Just not necessary. They take her out and then, then a dream sequence where like all of the guards start to disappear. She's going around and everything is slow motion and like her father disappears and all of that stuff. And then it all then just cuts back to her just outside the door and then comes back in. And it's like, I don't understand why that was necessary. You could have done that speechless reprise but like as she's entering back in the door like she could have she could be saying that right this is what i'm actually talking the, now. the song could could become a torch song and she could be singing it to hakeem like don't be speechless i'm yeah. not gonna be speechless you don't be speechless right and that's like it's she's just singing it to her, like every time she's sung this song it's to herself it's yeah. not to anybody else no so at this point uh jafar realizes that he He's like, oh, you're not scared of me as the sultan. You'll be scared of me as a sorcerer. Genie, make me the most powerful sorcerer for wish two. And then he teleports everybody and the cat. Yeah. Oh, no kitty. Oh, no kitty. Yeah. Just adventures destined before. Right. And that's then like at this point, Aladdin has snuck back in and he's just about to grab the lamp. Yeah. And real quick. So there's these stupid whip pans that happen in, in this portion. Like, oh, yeah. As as the magic is happening. Aladdin is sitting in his rooftop gazebo sees like this blue dust come out, but it's just these whip pins that go from, from his reaction back to the palace to his reaction. And it just felt so unmotivated and unnecessary. Yeah. It just, it, it, it was music video ass and a little cartoony, a little cartoony, but yeah, it felt yeah. out of place. So anyways, he gets back up there. Jafar banishes him to the, uh, Arctic. I don't know. Yeah. And he doesn't even do any of the cool stuff that Jafar does in the cartoon, like unravel the carpet or turn Abu into a toy monkey. No, he Um, doesn't. And he doesn't sing. No, not at all. And Jafar has a reprise of Prince Ali that is really kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's decadent in the cartoon and, you know, sinister and silky and all of that stuff. Cause it's Jafar. Because it's, it's it's calling back. It's like, it's, that would have been more fun. Yeah. And then he crams him in a tower and rockets him off. So it's different. And I think much to to Jafar's detriment, but the genie sort of like signals the carpet to go and the carpet can get out to snag him. Like he, he basically like teleports the carpet to the Arctic location, but this all happens at the same time. So there's no real, again, no stakes in this movie. Like there's at no point do we feel like a Aladdin is at his lowest point. No, which really is frustrating because like that's at this point in the movie and at the end of the second act is when we're supposed to have lost all hope, right? That is the moment when we're supposed to be like, how is he going to get out of this? There's no stakes. And then the carpet brings him back. Yeah. So he gets back. They get the lamp off of him, but, and then the parrot chase begins. Yeah. Which in, so instead of Jafar changing into a snake, they've now made it. So Imago turns into terror bird. Right. Um, through the streets of Agrabah. And then he, he goes super manic. He's like, I'm going to show you my real power by making my balcony spiky. Oh yeah. Just like completely redoes just the balcony. It seems yes. like to where like there like there's snakes in the, in the, in the, the fountain. And he starts to shout while inhaling. He does like, yeah. to like sort of like <laughs> suck them back. He's captured Dahlia and Jasmine and the Sultan. And he's, you know, berating Aladdin and 
that's when Aladdin throws his line back at him. The whole, um, you're either the most powerful man in the room or you're nothing. And the genie's still more powerful than you because he's the one who gave you all this power. Right. Jafar, you got to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. I get it that it's in the moment, but like you've seemed to have schemed your way this far. Something like that. You shouldn't. Honestly, like, I think his downfall is that he's in the wrong movie. <laughs> he's in the wrong movie, but also be more methodical about it. I mean, I get at the beginning, like Junie's like, yeah, usually by the time they get to me, they know exactly what they want. But he's more, he's more maniacal in, in the cartoon. Like there's the, you know, he unravels the carpet and he turns a boo into the monkey and he imprisons Jasmine in the hourglass. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot about that whole scene. Right, right, right. She doesn't try to seduce him in this one, which I like. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be that she's using her sexuality or her femininity to get the upper hand. But yeah, I like they come back and he throws that line back at him and he makes the wish. Like you said, he's just throwing his wishes out the window. Bing, It's very reactionary. And the upside to him wishing to, and he doesn't wish to become a genie. He wishes to become the most powerful in the universe, which which is is interpreted as yes, it's a gray area. So he gets the genie gets to interpret. Yeah. And we get some, we, we actually finally get hot Jafar. He's kind of buff. He's got them nipples rocking. The lamp is created. It looks just like the one from the cartoon. He grabs Iago and they get sucked back into the lamp because phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah. Let's just play the bongos and smoke a J like it's just so subdued. Essentially, this is the end of the movie. Yeah. And this is where I have the note. It legit feels like Will Smith is voicing the genie for an audio book. Uh, the only problem that I really had with it, and it, like it's resolving and it's resolving well, the things I like about the story, you know, and, and what they changed genie becoming human and it's super immediate and Aladdin does the wish and he's super surprised. It's very touching. Yep. But I did like that in the cartoon and in the series, like the genie retains magical powers after he's freed. Oh yeah. Cause he doesn't hear. Uh, that's the assumption because he's just like a human with his beard beats. Remember? Yeah, that's right. But I mean, yeah, we, we don't know that. Right. For sure. and, and now we know that it was Dahlia on the ship with him. But yep. yes, we don't know for sure whether or not he's got magic or not. Um, but Dahlia, yeah, as they're like falling in love or whatever, she's just like, I want kids. Like, she just, Oh, yeah. Like, <gasps> like totally like I want to hop on that 10,000 year old D. <laughs> I, I mean, those are red flags for me in a relationship. If somebody immediately goes and is like, I want to have children. We're going to get on a boat Whoa. and have kids. You're going to tell them stories. I'm going to make babies with that old dick. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so Jasmine becomes the Sultan. Yeah. Uh, her father's like, no, you're absolutely right. You should lead. Mm-hmm. So she gets what she wants to. Yeah. She should have had a real, I want song. That's for sure. And, and that's disappointing. It is. And then we realize, and then once genie loses his powers, he then becomes the Mariner. And that's kind of where, mm-hmm. where, you know, we kind of tie back to the opening. It's the last time I'll say it. In the cartoons, the genie retains his magic after he is freed because he's not made human. He's freed, which means he still has some degree of magic. And well, okay. So it just makes me wonder what they're going to do with the sequel. Other side of this, when they're testing that, he says, Aladdin, tell me to do something. And then he says, no. So it's not necessarily that it's not made clear that he doesn't have magic. It's, but it's heavily implied. Right. So, I mean, they could massage it a bit, I think in the sequel, if yeah. they end up doing something like that. Um, and then we get the dance over the credits, which um, did you say was influenced by the Broadway show? It is. It's actually from the, the dance is from the Broadway show. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah. That was kind of, kind of cool. We've kind of, we've kind of talked about a couple of them, but there are some bonus features in it uh, or that, that were with this. Yeah. There was a bloopers reel. That we watched that was even the bloopers reel wasn't trying hard enough. It was disappointing. It was we finished it. I was like, that's it. 
Yeah. Like it was, I, I chuckled a couple times. I mean, Will Smith was funnier in the bloopers than he was in the movie, Yeah, but it still wasn't. No. Ugh. Um, so bloopers, uh, then they had some deleted scenes. Andreas's gift, which is a cannon, falling petals into OJ, Jafar's magic, Ori, um, post yam jam debrief, silly old fool, wrong wishes. But then we have a deleted song. It's another Pasek and Paul song. It is. It's called Desert Moon. Earlier when they were in uh, Aladdin's, yeah, when they were in Aladdin's hut, there was like, he had like a little uh, guitar. He starts, she starts playing a song. Aladdin's like, oh, my mom played me that same song. And I thought that it was, that would have been a really nice tie in together. That would have like, been, that would have made the development of their characters and their relationship so much richer. I think And honestly, I liked the song better than Speechless. I liked it better than Speechless. I honestly liked it better than A Whole New World. Oh my God. Yes. Like it was such a good song. Yeah. And this is supposed to happen between when Aladdin is going into the Cave of Wonders. And Jasmine thinks she's been stood up. Yeah. And it's such a better song because they're, they're actually like, it feels like they're singing off of each other and it, and yes. it feels like an Aladdin song. The harmonies are really good. It is. And it, it's, it's a Pasek and Paul song. It's the same guys who wrote Speechless. Yeah. But I would have preferred they include this one than Speechless. Yeah. Even though speech, like Speechless is, is a good choice because it is a song for Jasmine and she did not have a song before. The only song she sung before was a duet. Right. And yeah, they needed, they needed to give her something and I yes. totally understand it. And it's not to say that I think that it's a bad song. This but is again, just a better song. It, yeah. This one's Hands definitely down. stronger. Watch it. If you're, if you're watching this on Disney plus it's in your extras, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll probably we'll play you, a little bit. Yeah. We'll, we'll play, play a little bit. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a cute little Guy Ritchie, a cinematic genie. It's informational short. It gives uh, context to some of the decisions, but I don't know that I ma- I understand them anymore. I I, uh, I, just, I don't know, Josh. This movie wasn't great. I wanted to like it more than I did. Yeah, that's I th- for sure. I think that's objectively, people liked it. We can't say that it's not great because like, here we go. The budget was 183 mil, but it made $1.051 billion. Yeah, so worldwide. some people disagree with us, clearly. I wanted to like it more than I did. And maybe we're just not the right audience for it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes score again, it, it, it critically got a 57. So, I mean, so at least we're aligned with the critics. Yeah. But, but we're not professional critics. But so the audience was audience, 94%. Yeah. Audience. So, I mean, clearly we're, we're, we're the not, outliers. We are the outliers. And I guess that's my ultimate take is I wanted to like it more than I did. And uh, having having been okay with the adjustments made to the other live action adaptations and actually like really enjoyed the Jungle Book. And yeah. And had fun with the Lion King. I just, this fell flat for me. Editing would honestly help. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, a lot of the, a lot of the comedy is down to timing and pacing. You're right. And it's, they're trying to let moments breathe that end up hyperventilating. That's a good metaphor for sure. So let's talk about what we're going to do next. Well, I had, I did have the thought that it might be fun to learn something and watch something a little bit more instructional or informational. So maybe like that, um, that one that's like essentially the long out, the hour long Disneyland ad that was made in the sixties. Disneyland around the seasons like that might be cute, but I also have never seen the parent trap, the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. I mean, that was right in my age bracket. The, sure. the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. I saw that movie way too many times. What's click Frank and Ollie. Let's see what that is down at the bottom. Frank and Ollie. Okay. 
<gasps> this might be fun to watch. Yeah, I think I think maybe we do Frank and Ollie. I think that might be fun. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, next time you hear us, we'll be talking about Frank and Ollie. And I honestly think it, it'll feel like a different show because we're like, we're going to be, ta- we're actually going to be learning stuff. So it, it'll be kind of like a different flavor of nonplus. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, Clancy, where can they find me on social media? Well, they can find Josh at Josh watching TV without the G on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. And then can find uh, you at CLNCY on Twitter and Instagram. That is correct. Anyway, you can follow the show at nonplusspod on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. We just added ourselves to uh, Pocket Cast. Nice. So if you use that platform, we're on there now. And wherever you listen to us, just be sure to rate, review, subscribe. It really helps get the word out and gets other Disney fans listening to us. And it strokes our ego. So, you know, uh, yes, talk, toss a coin to your Witcher and uh, give us uh, your reviews and ratings and things. And I think that's... Well, uh, if you guys have anything that you want to uh, submit to us or have any quotes or things we should watch. Yeah. Things we should watch. Things we missed. Yeah. uh, You can send those to submissions at nonpluspod.com. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, we we may or may not show those on the air, depending on how we feel about it. Send us an email, y'all. Okay. Well, there's Joshua. And that's Clancy. And we're nonplussed. We are nonplussed. Uh, The sun's still up. Look at this. We can do things with our day. the place so aladdin rubs the genie no aladdin